Hey everybody, welcome to Not Your Mom's Podcast. Hit the intro music. Thanks for joining me again on Not Your Mom's Podcast. I'm your host, Bob, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible, a.k.a. Incredible Hulk, a.k.a. Friday of the Weekdays. And today's topic is going to be technology. Now, this is going to be part one of a two-part segment. Part two, of course, being next episode. And part one is going to be focused on the history of technology. Now, before we jump into the topic, I want to remind everybody if they haven't listened to my first episode about Shadow Side, you might want to do that because some of the things we talk about might uh, sound offensive, and which is why this podcast is called Not Your Mom's Podcast, because we uh, talk about things and say things that your mom might not approve of, or your mom might approve of, because it just depends on how cool your mom is. Um, also, like to disclaim, put a disclaimer out there, um, that I'm not an expert, but what I'm doing is talking about topics in my best knowledge and bringing a little levity and comedy to it so don't get all anal on me and up in a bunch about it or if you want to that's fine but just know that that's not what my intended outcome is and sit back relax and enjoy yourself all right let's jump in it well this isn't my first time recording i want to be honest I actually recorded a lot of this and then I accidentally deleted the whole thing. So this is my second time around. I'm trying not to be annoyed because that's super frustrating. But let's give it a try and kick it way back. Let's jump back to 1440. I wish I could take a pit stop and undelete what I deleted. Can't do that. So let's keep going all the way back to 1440 and start with the printing press. Now, I know that's not technically a technology, as in we see it today, which is more electronics and stuff, but technology by definition is an application of scientific knowledge for practical purposes um, in an industrial way. So when Johann Gutenberg first came up with the idea, he was sitting there handwriting love letters to his bunch of women. He was a vi- He was basically a Casanova loved women and women loved him he was a pimp so as he was writing these letters he was realizing he was writing the same thing four different times five different times to these different women and it was hurting his wrist he was getting carpal tunnel and he's like man i can't get carpal tunnel especially when he's trying to please the ladies his wrists are an important part of that so he day in day out really thought about it and he invented the printing press so he could mass produce his love letters to all of his women which is pretty ingenious but seems to be I think out of integrity he was being very dishonest which is fine um, if it worked for him but it doesn't work for me so thanks to him we now have the printing press and about a couple hundred years later, a couple other things were invented in the meantime, but I don't think they're worth talking about, so we're not going to talk about them. The next thing we're going to talk about, which isn't a technology but is an invention or a theory that I think is very important to a lot of things 
that we have today, which is Isaac Newton's discovery of the three laws of motion, which he actually discovered and invented while having sex. Did you know that? Yeah, in around 1687. Now, if you don't know the laws of motion, let me tell you them. Newton's first law is objects in motion tend to stay in motion and objects at rest tend to stay at rest unless if they're acted upon by an unbalanced force, which I think is a roundabout way for him to passive aggressively talk about his woman because she wasn't really active in bed. So he was saying like, you know, you're in motion when I put you in motion and you stay in motion. And then when I stop, you're at rest like a dead fish and you stay at rest until I put the motion in, you know, when I'm unbalanced and I'm on top of you and I think that's fitting, but I don't know if that was the most effective way for him to get his point across. Maybe he should have just asked to talk to her about it and sat down because that obviously led to Newton's third law, which is for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So when he told her that, uh, that was the action and the equal and opposite reaction is he got slapped across the face, divorced and left alone, which then led to the second law, which is force equals mass times acceleration. So he forced his point, which led to a massive depression and the acceleration of her out of his life. Pretty fucked up. But that's how we got the laws of motion. Then less than a hundred years later is the invention of the stove, which is a very important piece. And I'm not talking about the conventional stove that you see nowadays, but the first rendition of it. And it's invented by the one and only Ben Franklin, a.k.a. Benny Franks, my boy, a true OG, in around 1742. And the thing is, is he was a portly man. You know, he loved his food. And he was sick of eating his food cold all the time and he didn't want to go through all the work to heat it up so he's like how can i heat my food up faster because i want my food i love my food and i want it faster and i want it hot so he worked and worked and worked and invented the first stove and he said it was to heat rooms faster but we all know the true reason man was fluffy he rarely got cold it definitely wasn't to make rooms hotter so he did what it took to heat up his food faster because he liked his food and he wanted his food because he was hungry all the time. Like this is a man who was so big and large that when they were holding the meetings for the Declaration of Independence, he made them do it on the first floor because the steps up to the second floor were too much for him. I'm dead serious. The man was like, no, he told everybody, all those like world-changing founding fathers, that they got to have the meetings on the first floor because he wasn't going to walk his portly ass up the stairs and get out of breath because that wasn't what he was up to. He's like, uh-uh, hell no. We're going to have it down here because the world can be changed. America can be started. The Declaration of Independence can be done on the first floor. We don't need to hike upstairs to make changes, you know? And I'm not about to have a heart attack because I have a lot of great, amazing things to do and women to see. So not a chance, you know, because him and Thomas Jefferson, like, were best friends, the best of friends. 
You know, they invented daylight savings time together. You know, and he, he was a man of many quotes and stories. We'll talk about all that more in a future episode when I have a fellow historian and friend of mine, uh, Ryan, on the show. So don't worry, that'll come so we can move on. And then we jump to the beginning of the 1800s with the invention of the locomotive invented by my boy Richard T. Thick. You know, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have a lot of things, you know, mainly... The song by Quad City DJs, Come On Ride the Train. Like if they if he didn't invent the locomotive, that song wouldn't have came out and life would be completely different. That is an amazing song. I get down to that song. It's my jam. And then thirty years after that, the water turbine is invented by James Franco. Oh, I had no idea it was that old. He's aging pretty well. He can seriously do it all. Wow. Then, in the mid-1800s, some top superstar inventors came out of the woodwork. This is uh, part of the second Industrial Revolutionary Period, also known as the Gilded Age, coined by Mark Twain, a genius in his own right. Mark Twain was the inventor of the bra, and also inventor of inspirational picture quotes you see people post on Facebook all the time. Yeah, he was the first one to do that, I guess, because, as you can see from Facebook quotes, seems like Mark Twain was all over the place with those things. But the big story of the mid-1800s was the invention of the telegraph, which was the battle of the century, you know, because you had so many people fighting to be the one who invented the telegraph and was putting in patent after patent. You know, it was like Bell, you know, Alexander Graham Bell versus Thomas Edison, basically the Tupac and Biggie of the invention game. They had it locked down. You know, Bell had 30 or so patents and inventions. Edison coming around with 100 patents and inventions. They were throwing hit after hit after hit out there. So basically multi-platinum albums, you may say, is what they were producing out there. And it was a fierce, fierce battle. Shots thrown back and forth. It was pretty intense. Also, not to mention, there's one other person that was in this running for the Telegraph that sometimes gets forgotten, and it's my boy Sammy Morse. You know, Samuel Morse also could have been the inventor of the Telegraph. He had a bunch of things out there that say that he was the first to do it, but somehow he gets forgotten in all of it. He doesn't amount to nearly as much as those two. He did, however, invent the Morse code, which is used very often. So basically, you can call him the Suge Knight in this analogy. You know, he didn't amount to much, but he definitely, you know, is known and did a few cool things, but not anywhere near, you know, Bell and Edison. Also, a connection that makes him the Suge Knight is that I'm sure he wanted both of them dead because of the fact that they stole his fame, you know? And if you know the Tupac Biggie saga, there is a claim that Suge had both of them killed. So I think it's very fitting. The fight over the telegraph during the mid-1800s was very much like the infamous events at Quad Record Recording Studios in 1994, which started a completely different long-life battle. Alexander Graham Bell, Notorious B.I.G., Biggie Smalls, in this analogy, went on to invent the photophone, which sounds like the first picture phone, 
but it wasn't. And he also is credited with the telephone, which I'm sure there's some drama and issues with that as well. But in 1876, he was accredited the illustrious title of inventor of the telephone. In the very beginning, there were very limited telephones. He had three of them, one himself, and he gave two to his friends. And as he was testing this technology, he, of course, had the only working telephones, him and his three friends. And with this, they wanted to test the technology, and they recorded some of the sessions, and most of them got lost. But in my possession, I have uh, one of only three that are left, and this one happens to be infamous because it's the first ever recorded drunk dial slash conversation between two people ever you know alexander was celebrating he got really drunk and he ended up calling one of his friends and they it was recorded because all of the conversations were recorded for you know studying purposes and a good friend of mine had some connections and got me a copy so i could play it for you here today on our podcast so let me play this. It's it's not very long, but I think you'll all enjoy it. Bail, is this you? Hello? Is anybody there? <laughs> Dude, who, who do you think it is, idiots? It's obviously me, Alexander Graham Bell. Do you not know who gave you that fucking telephone, you idiot? What is wrong with you? Obviously, I know you gave me this phone, but why do you speak to me that way? Cause I, cause I, cause I can. I can talk to you however I want to talk to you. Did you sleep with my wife? I think you slept with my wife. I saw you looking and giving her that. You better not talk to her or touch her. I will seriously declare martial law on you and kick your ass. Okay. Alexander, you better go to bed because I'm not dealing with your shenanigans right now. And I'm so confused. What number did you dial? Because obviously you did not mean to dial me because my number's two and you don't speak to me that way. Hold on. Hold on a second. I got to throw. Okay, I'm going to go eat some some food. <laughs> Oh, now this is just depressing. I'm going to let you go because you just woke me in my entire household. It's three in the goddamn morning. Get yourself together. The world is looking at you as one of its top intelligent men. And you're going to call me at such a ridiculous time in the morning and sound like a fool. Get yourself together. Mr. Bell Whatever bitch Hashtag Better than you Ho What did you just say to me? You know as I As I sit here Oh god My mouth Oh that taste in my mouth is just awful 
I'm realizing we sound exactly the same. Have you ever noticed that? Or is it just me and because I'm absolutely hammered from all the... What did I drink? What did I drink? I don't remember what I drank. Um, this has gone on long enough. Good night. Get yourself some serious help because you, sir, are done crazy. I'm done with this. Good night and good day, sir. Hold on, hold on. Before you hang up, I'm sorry. Hold on. Before you hang up, can I just say one thing? I just want to say one thing. Please, hey. Hey, please listen. Hey, please listen. Please, please. Well, that was rude. All right. Bye. Okay, I know how real that sounds, but I have to be honest. That wasn't... That wasn't Alexander Graham Bell. That was me. I, uh, my source fell through. Couldn't get me the tape. I thought I'd wing it. Nope. Definitely can't. Hopefully you enjoyed it, though. Anyways, so for Thomas Edison, he fired back around 1877 with the phonograph, not to be confused with a photograph, because it's definitely not a photograph. Um, you know, he invented this because he had the worst memory ever and his wife kept getting pissed so he was trying to figure out a way to record and play back certain things he needed to remember like anniversaries you know special dates anything that wouldn't get him in trouble and have him sleeping on the couch and the funny thing is he discovered this while he was making dinner so he put the foil in because he was covering his mashed potatoes and he put the foil in and when he did, he scraped the top of the stove. Huh? Shout out to Benny Franks over here. And then when he pulled it back, he did the same exact thing. And what he realized is it played a very familiar sound as when it was going in. So he had the idea of a two needle system, one needle making the mark on the tin foil or the foil and then the other needle replaying it. And the reason why I used the rapper reference in the beginning is because Thomas Edison was the first rapper. First thing he recorded, he was dropping bars with Mary Had a Little Lamb. He was just saying like, Mary had a little lamb, what little lamb, what little lamb. Mary had a little lamb. Fleece was white as snow. Seriously, first recording was Mary Had a Little Lamb dropping bars from the beginning so if you want to look back at old school rappers first one ever thomas edison you know and this of course led to vinyl and record players and all that different and scratching so it's pretty important and edison also had another beef so edison's obviously tupac in this situation and dr drake comes in who is tesla nikola tesla coming in um, Tesla was actually a pretty big ladies man and Edison was not so they worked together you know at death row records and um, Tesla was getting all the ladies and Edison was very awkward because he was actually hard of hearing but that's not why he was awkward um, but he just didn't understand social cues and the began the battle between them versus AC and DC, which was their two types of current. And then thanks to that, we have the band called ACDC. So if it wasn't for them, ACDC wouldn't have been ever invented. So these guys really made a difference in U.S. history.
Tesla moved on, and in the 1800s, the late 1800s, he worked on and demonstrated the wireless radio, which was first used for ships and communication between ships and not for commercial purposes, which the ships used, when they used the radio, they were sending Morse code back and forth, so shout out to my boy, Morse the horse, get it, Sammy, and this led to it being sold regularly and put in homes all over America during World War One. And the funny thing is, whenever you see people or pictures or nostalgic renderings of what it was to listen to the radio back in the day, they're always looking at the radio, like watching it like it's going to move or it has a TV screen on. It's funny. If you ever look back, look at listening to the radio in the 50s or the 40s and you'll see and they're looking and they're like staring directly at the the radio like it really needed their visual attention it's so funny and this was also around this time when the radio was getting popular we found our first troll ever not an internet troll but a radio troll in orson wells he had the the broadcast of war of the worlds which freaked out all of america because it was never said that it wasn't real, and it was about aliens, and it freaked people out. People went fucking bonkers, and he's sitting back there just laughing because he was trolling everybody. So, again, this is a time where we had our first troll, and it's hilarious. And while Tesla was doing the radio, there was motion pictures also being developed and would eventually lead to televisions, you know, which were commercialized and invented by Philo Farnsworth. So that was growing, and it was an amazing technology that was invented. And then we jump, you know, some 50 years past that. Nothing, Not much was invented for a while. Like, of course, we allegedly walked on the moon. That happened, whatever. Um, tape cassettes, CDs, VHS, VCRs, those happened. And then in the late 1900s, a couple things happened. Definitely video games were invented. You know, we went through many different systems and versions. Pong was the first game, and that was two sticks, basically side by side, and a round thing bounced back in between. You know, it looked like a slower version of Night at the Roxbury's with Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell and how they would bounce women back and forth between them on the dance floor. So obviously Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan were the sticks and the woman was the, the ball bouncing back and forth, except for that one uh, was a little bit more on the, you know, harassment side. And I don't know why we found it funny back in the day, but I guess it was funny to assault a woman on the dance floor. I don't find that funny at all, but, you know, people laughed. And so video games are nice and everything, and it's a great way for people to escape reality. But I think it's getting a little bit out of hand. Like, you remember when kids used to go outside and play and be active, you know, run around, use their imagination, play with sticks, throw the ball around? Like, that doesn't happen anymore. All they do is they play and they, like, sit inside, and their parents are okay with that because it keeps them safe. You know, they're inside, they're safe. And it helps keep them distracted as their parents are, you know, either playing video games themselves or they're on social media. I don't mean to do any foreshadowing. We're not there yet, but you know what I'm saying. Also, kids have died playing video games because they're so into it. They don't take breaks for food. So there's been starvation and there's definitely been people who don't shh, like go to the bathroom. They don't give enough time for their bodily functions to go pee and poop so they like 
have that build up inside of them and they die from like a bladder explosion or like diseases that have been built up with all the fecal matter inside of their rectum. So it's not like they're fully safe, but they did invent the Wii. So the Wii was cool, right? Because it, it was supposed to get kids to be active while playing video games. I'm pretty sure that console is obsolete. So I don't know how well that works. Xbox tried something like that with Xbox Connect, and that lasted a hot minute. You don't see that anymore. And even when you played Wii, you know you cheated. You sat on the couch and you did like that cool trick with your wrist to make it seem like you were actually, you know, up and about skipping and running and doing the activities when really you were just sitting on your ass because you didn't want to get up because you were playing video games. If you wanted to be active, you would have went outside and been active. So one day, a man wakes up, says, let's connect the world with webs. Let's just start stringing everything everywhere, connect us with this web, and we'll call it World Wide Web. It's the internet. I'll invent it. And his name was Al Gore. Al Gore just wakes up, thinks all this stuff, and he invented the internet. He travels the world telling people he invented the internet, but he gets no credit for it. He's not most synonymous for the World Wide Web in the modern-day computer, and he's okay with that because he has global warming to worry about, and I think that's more important than the World Wide Web. So he, of course, took the higher road. But when it comes to people who are synonymous with the internet, you have two major competitors and headliners back in the day. Apple and Microsoft were the two biggest names when it came to the internet and computer innovation and invention. So that kind of makes them the Celtics and Lakers of the computer game, right? Because they were always rising to the top at the end at the big big show they're at the big show making the biggest statements on tv all the time you know apple was led by steve jobs and steve wozniak which was the magic johnson and kareem abdul jabbar of apple they were a killer team they did a lot of amazing things together and then you have microsoft which was led by bill gates and paul allen which was the larry bird and kevin McHale of that team they were fierce and driving to compete with each other like which led us all to where we are today each year, one would have the biggest product and the other one would fire back. And it was just a constant battle of who was better and who was going to rise to the top of this internet computer game. And it was amazing to watch. All the nerds loved it. I wasn't really alive, so I can't appreciate it. But I'm guessing it was like going to an NBA championship when you'd go to one of these conferences and they would be having the, the sheet that was over this weird box. They're like, what is this? And then Apple would throw open or Steve Jobs would throw a towel over it. And it's this new Apple computer and everybody's going nuts and they're cheering. They're like, you guys are amazing. Oh my God, can I have your autograph? It was crazy. So basically, Apple versus Microsoft was the Celtics versus Lakers for nerds i guess or tech let's say tech savvy and technological interested people we know if they call them nerds because i'm a nerd i'm a comic book nerd so it's fine anyways internet has created a culture where now everything is accessible at any time everybody needs answers now there's no patience there's no work for it like fuck having to know things google can just answer anything you want at any time you can just look on google you don't have to actually Commit it to memory or learn it because you can always just look it back up on Google anytime you want to. Like, remember back in the day, 
kids would actually, or even parents would, if they really wanted to learn something, would walk their asses down, drive their asses down to a library, find the book. Nobody knows what the Dewey Decimal System is anymore. You'd have to find that shit, read it, learn it, and it. you put so much work into it, like, you better believe you remember what you learned, because you don't want to have to do that all over again. You know, they now people are like, fuck libraries. I'm pretty sure libraries are around only to rent DVDs and other different weird things now that nobody reads well if you read you basically read fiction novels to escape which is beautiful i read fiction but rarely do people read non-fiction books anymore because if they need an answer for anything they just google it or they just go online and try to find a ripped version of it it's crazy anyways i won't get into that because that's what the next episode is going to be more about is where we are at with technology now how it looks today how it may look tomorrow and beyond as we go into part two of this segment. I also want to point out that because of said internet, I'm able to have this podcast and stream this podcast to all of you. So I am very thankful for that. And I also want to thank all of you for listening and joining me here on Not Your Mom's Podcast. Don't forget, you can reach me at Twitter at the nymph which is T-H-E-N-Y-M-P. You can reach me at Instagram, which is Not Your Mama's Podcast. You can reach me on Tumblr, which is Not Your Mom's Podcast. And you can reach me via email, which is Not Your Mom's Podcast at yahoo.com. Again, I want to thank you for joining me. I have been your host, Bob, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible, a.k.a. Incredible Hulk, a.k.a. The Friday of the Weekdays. And I want to leave you with a quote from the one and only Benny Franks. He once said, There was never a good war or a bad peace. Unless you're talking about a piece of ass. I've had a many bad one of those. Cue the music. Hey everybody, welcome to Not Your Mom's Podcast. Hit the intro music.